scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And welcome to another episode of Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And this is part two of the Stainer family tragedy. This, this In this episode, we're mostly going to be focusing on the brother, Carrie, instead of Stephen. And you'll know why as soon as we get to the second part. But first, what's going on? Oh, my God. Well, of course, you're, of course you're doing all this acquiring and purging and all, but i got to mention right. one other thing to you that I didn't say that I would talk about. But this shit is getting unreal with the bugs. Oh, yeah. I that... mean, okay, the mosquitoes last night, I was hanging with y'all when y'all yeah. saw the, the trailer over there to get the... Let let, let them know what we, yeah, we're talking up. about. Uh, you know, as y'all all know, my cousin Jennifer passed away a few months ago, and I've been handling her stuff, and we went to her trailer to get some stuff out. And Chalmette, Louisiana, which is part of St. Bernard Parish, which sits squarely in the swamp, <laughs> is riddled with giant mosquitoes. They were getting in the car. They Hordes coming, of them. And they were coming in through the air-conditioned vent. Coming in droves. Yeah. And it was really disgusting. And they looked like they were going for you more than me. Just well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, I'm a juicy morsel or something. Very sweet? I don't know. I don't know. Well, was... well, we both had blood type blood sugar, so... Well, if you felt bad about that, when I got home last night, the fucking palmetto bug flying ass coke cockroach. Coke, I was actually making. Well, that's funny to say cockroaches. Uh huh. One of them actually was sort of going up my damn leg. Oh while lord! While I was trying to take my pills, I freaked them. Hell out. I was yelling. Then the bitch ended up on the counter, was going around my pills. I grabbed my pills real quick because I don't want it to get on my pills. The ones I had left I was taking. Oh, the man. cat's going crazy because he wants to attack. He saw it was on my leg. So the cat scratched up my goddamn leg. Yeah, he was trying to kill it. Trying to kill the guy. trying to play with it. So then I got to go disinfect my leg. Because the cat scratched my damn leg and up trying want, to get the damn rope. You don't want to get cat scratch fever. Who wants Ted Nugent singing about them? Exactly. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you see the hell? That all happened last night while I'm just trying to do a normal thing, trying to take my medication. Mm. That's all I was trying to do. Yeah, just a poor man taking his medication and he gets attacked by a palmetto bug. But didn't you, the did, didn't you <laughs> wish palmetto bugs on somebody <laughs> last week? <laughs> I guess I'm getting revenge. Huh? Yeah, karma. Yeah. They're Pisces. It wasn't, it was oh, Pisces. it was a Pisces. My favorite uh, people. They said, fuck you. I don't know if I know any Pisces except for my cousin who I haven't seen in years. But I don't think I have any plans. And Jennifer's Pisces. aunt who died like 20 years ago. So I do know it's a Pisces though. So maybe they were like, uh, yeah, you need to stop wishing stuff on us. Yeah. Oh, you see, you've been listening, Pisces. Yeah. They, they were turning it back on you. They're cursing you. Yeah. Well, you know, here we have uh, right now, my house kind of looks like a warehouse. Because we have all of Jennifer's, a lot of Jennifer's stuff in here, and she was a hoarder. Yeah, a lot of her stuff, and there's a few things that I'm purging. And you purging, yeah, so you gave us some stuff, so we really and truly... Not that I had much to get rid of. Look like a warehouse in here, and um, it's uh, it's just... uh, 
I, I don't know what more to say about it. Yard sale. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a yard sale eBay. is in my future. eBay is in my future. Well, all of this is estate stuff anyway, so any money made from it's going to the estate. So, you know. There you go. Anyway, so. So what you been watching? Well, we, last night's, well, we feel, of course, Stranger Things, we finished that, you know, up until the the last episode that has just been dropped. And we started last night watching uh, Night Sky with Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. And they're an elderly couple who have this room where they have this portal into another universe or something. And it's very, very, it's really good. That's all I'm going to tell you. This is a really good one, yeah. And at first it does, at first it, it doesn't look like, you don't really see the science fiction bend in it until the end of the episode. It looks like it's just a drama about about an elderly couple. And I didn't realize Carrie was in, was in her 70s now. Intriguing. You know? well, I've been watching, actually, totally binge. I had held off and I was like, I don't know really what this is, what's going on. And the second season got loaded, a Russian doll and I'm like, everybody's talking about it. And I'm yeah. like, I gotta go check this show out. I haven't seen I love some Natasha Leone. I was like, I gotta see what she's doing. And so I binged through the whole two seasons. And I haven't seen, I saw the first season, but I hadn't seen the second one yet. It's good. I saw the first one when it first came out. If y'all like dark comedies. If if you like the movie Happy Death Day, you'll like this. Yes, exactly. I'll leave it like that. Yeah. Definitely well worth it. And if you've already seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And you know what Barry's talking about. Yeah. Um, You tell them about this true crime show you it's me. called who do you believe and what they do is they present two sides to a certain crime or something some type of of real life story and the, the episode two is very intriguing because it involves Nichelle nicholas you know y'all remember is it nicholas or nichols nichols Nichelle nichols from star trek from star trek lieutenant horror and one of the things i never knew is that she was she and captain kirk were the first interracial kiss on television, and it was pretty bold for the sixties. I think that they, was a hot kiss. And I don't, I'm wondering how many Southern stations wouldn't run that episode when you know. I'm, I'm wondering, but anyway, um, Michelle Nichols is a battle for her. She she was she's been um, she has Alzheimer's or dementia or something well, some type of dementia, and there's a big battle between her son. And her manager. Mm. And each one is presenting their own side. And I'm still, even after it's over, I still don't know. I just think the whole thing's sad because at the end of the day, we just love Michelle Nichols so much with what she's, not just what she did in that, but what she's done in recent years where she was helping promote, you know, the young women and the STEM and and all well, that stuff, and, and 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 to really, you know, to to go get an education and things. And, yeah. And and I thought that she, that was very powerful that she used that um, platform of coming out of Star Trek to do that. I thought that was amazing. So it's sad to hear she's going through this and that there's all the strife going on with her. Yeah, um, and you know, did you know one of her last uh, performances was as. Um, Neil Winters on The Young and the Restless was played by um, uh, Christoph, what was his name? 
He he died. He passed away. He died like really young, like at the age of fifty-two or something like that. Just sudden stroke or something. But uh, it may have even been suicide if I'm not. Con- but anyway, he played. She played his mother who was dying, and that was one of her last roles. Just really. A and you know, she still she just, she just you know she still looks pretty good because she still looks like Lieutenant O'Hara with gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, talking about, like, getting off of that, going going back to, definitely we had a lot of things going about, like, time tripping and all. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of interesting things, talking about, especially that are kind of pertinent uh, to me having been an early, early millennial. I was almost, like, at the end of X, beginning of millennial. So, I finally saw this new comedy out there with Rebel Wilson, senior year. Yeah. Where, <laughs> um, I don't want to give too much away, but she, like, if you... She wakes up from a coma 20 years later, and she's trying to go relive her last month of her senior year, going back to high school. Oh, there were I gotta see that. It was an interesting comedy, and it did what I kind of like to be done, is it cringed me at certain parts so bad that when there was an extremely funny part, I laughed, like, really hard. So... Please do not go in this thinking everything's going to be perfect. The point is, I think it was actually well done for what it would feel like if somebody did come out of a coma. Oh, my. And it really kind of was smart because it was like really making fun of sort of that type of teenage rom-com that was around that late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, when uh, Mean Girls came out around that time, Mean Girls, there were so many that came out of there. Out of Clueless there. was in the 90s. Clueless right? as well. That's There is a slight, uh, I don't want to say anything, but there is a uh, slight nod to Clueless. There's a couple oh, okay. of the nods to Clueless. I don't want to say that because it takes There's that There's all these um, That's actresses that were playing in things like Clueless and and um, I like playing moms now. Definitely go watch it. Y'all will get a kick out of those little nods. Those of us that were born in that. You know, uh, uh, we're, we're going in high school at the time. You know, a while back when we did the King Cobra, the, um, you know, about the gay porn store and everything. Yeah. Well, he, um, Alicia Silverstone, who was from Clueless, yes. played his mom. So she's playing moms now. Yep. <laughs> Bombs of grown sons. Exactly. <laughs> well, talking about those early 2000s, specifically also 2000, there is something I don't normally like to talk about reality television, but we really kind of got to talk about what is on Paramount Plus right now. Um, oh, I went, let me go back through. I didn't know if we gave the different things. Russian Doll is on Netflix. I make, Night Sky is on Amazon Prime. Who do you believe was that on Discovery Plus or was that on? Uh, the, who do you believe is on ABC? But it was on Hulu. I watched. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's um, it's broadcast on ABC. Uh, it's broadcast on ABC. But yeah. You can find it on Hulu. But you can find it on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. And Senior Year is also on Netflix. So the next thing is on Paramount Plus. It is the Real World Homecoming New Orleans. Now I don't want to really go into a whole lot about Real World Homecomings, but this one was important because. This was that cast from 2000, really important cast, very important cast to the city of New Orleans. It actually definitely got young people extremely interested in the city. Yeah. Uh, And I know everybody says, oh my goodness, New Orleans has always been a party city, all this. But that 
that actual reality show highlighted New Orleans in an interesting way. <clears throat> and it made people actually love New Orleans more than just the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah. And they got intrigued by the Belfort Mansion in the, in the Garden yeah. District. They got intrigued by the ideas of uh, Magazine Street that were often brought up by Melissa. Yeah. But culturally, outside of New Orleans, it was also extremely important because it highlighted a lot of the movement in that early 2000s of Excuse the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And the character of Danny and, you know, um, his boyfriend at the time being in the military and the Don't Ask Tell in 2000. So to see all that come full circle, these people come back into this, wasn't the Belfort, but it was a new house in New Orleans. I have not seen either one of them, and so they, I have no idea what you're talking they, about. Well, it's important to my, to my generation. Yeah. So, uh, but to see... Reality that, TV's never been my favorite. It seems like they came back, and it's kind of weird, though, because there's certain things, if you do attach, that were there when you were, like, a young adult or, 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 you know, an older teenager, and you see those things come full circle, there seemed to be some closure there. There was some interesting thing, And it also was interesting to see how these people evolved. Because I'm looking at myself. I know where I was at 2000. I wasn't even out in 2000. And now I'm like beyond, well beyond. Oh no! I came out in 2004, so I'm well past that. No, in 2000, I remember that New Year's Eve. That was the night in the Voodoo Bar that Marcy Marcel's boyfriend bit her lip off. Oh shit! <laughs> right there in front of God, New Year's Eve, everybody. Oh my God! Oh and my God! She, and then the jokes about Marcy says, "Don't give me no lip." Oh my. And I had this old, um, this old Chevy Caprice, and you know, it had those bumpers that kind of stuck out, and you know, they had that plastic strip. Well, a piece of that plastic strip came off, and Marcy looked at it. And she goes, "Oh look, there's my lip." <laughs> <laughs> um, I just remembered I actually did go see a movie this weekend with my partner. Which y'all saw? Watcher. That was we we would plan thinking to go see this week. Hitchcock like set in. Bucharest, Romania. The movie was it in English? Um, there were there was some English, there was some Romanian. Like it was no, it, I mean the main character. I mean you had a little bit of both. Okay, it, it made it feel like you were when the English was being spoken. It wasn't. It was done. Was a Romanian trying to speak in English to the American character. Oh, I see. So the movie was made to feel really like you were immersed in that world. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm sorry. And sorry to fans of foreign films and sorry to people in international countries and stuff. But really, I'm getting tired of all the different dubbed in English stuff on Netflix. This, yeah, this though I actually preferred when... You did have it. Other times, you weren't actually actually always given. I think there were points where you weren't given subtitles because it was supposed to make you feel like you were feeling like that main character. You were isolated. You didn't mm. know the language. Oh. Unless you were Romanian or a person that knew Romanian. Yeah, yeah you know. Well, that's parts of, of the Night Sky, the show I was telling you about, that are in um, Brazil, not Brazil, Argentina, and they're speaking in you know in Spanish with subtitles. Well, if you like Hitchcock, if you like serial killers, if you like intrigue, mystery, all of that stuff, Watcher has it all. 
Oh, that sounds good. I don't want to give anything away. It was an excellent, excellent movie. And I just, it was, it was, it had that creepy factor that you want. So, Phil, what time is it? You got obits for us? Yes, I do. It's your time. It's obit time. There's no song for that. (laughs) No, I might have to write one. No, not for obits. Not for obits. But we can do it to the tune of dun 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 really? dun dun Yeah, really. <laughs> have some respect. I'm trying to All right. <laughs> we funny. have a few obits here, and this is a lady we missed last week. We really should have done her last week. Maggie Peterson. She was uh, best known for the um, Andy Griffith show. She was a singer and a dancer. She was best known for the Andy Griffith show. She played that there was a hillbilly family that would visit Mayberry. And they were trying to marry their youngest daughter off, who was played by Maggie Peterson. And um, she was was always in. They were trying to marry her off to Andy. And every time they would come, they would try to Wait, have this shotgun. Andy or Barney, you were telling me. Andy. Andy. I thought it was Barney. You oh, see, it was Andy. This okay. picture of Don Knotts with her is from a movie called The Love God, which we're going to get ah, into in a minute. Okay. So she and, was uh, in a movie with him, though. Yeah. She was in a movie with, um, with, with Don That's Knotts. That's how you got confused. But Charlotte, Charlene Darling was the name of, the, um, of the, the character. But she also was a, a gifted singer. And I believe she had done some Broadway, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Her character was always bethrotted by a mountain custom to an unwitting sheriff, Andy Taylor. While in a later episode, it was Charlene's infant daughter who was bethrotten to Andy's son, young Opie. <laughs> that was so oh, funny. Wow. I remember. But she was also uh, she, she she did um, a movie called The Love God, where she played Don Knotts' sweet innocent fiance because she also had that kind of um that kind of image too very very pretty um uh, blonde haired lady and later she she retired from acting and she may get married to some italian guy was her um what was her maiden what was her married name mancuso <laughs> like some italian guy yeah just some random she italian married, she married some there. italian guy named mancuso who i know absolutely nothing about so <laughs> he's not related but anyway maggie peterson is dead at the age of 81 and you know rest in peace maggie you gave us some delightful moments all right what's our next one aha ah the Gerber Baby, the original Gerber Baby, Ann Turner Cook, 91 years old, 95 years old, oh, sorry about that, and she was five months old when the sketch of her face was entered into the national contest. She kind of looked like if Laura Bush and Barbara Bush got combined. Kind of, huh? She yeah. does. <laughs> and, they said, uh, okay, it said on here, her smile captured hearts everywhere. She does have a good smile. For Even like, in an older age. Like 90 years, over 90 years. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, uh, Gerber announced that it was saddened by the passing of Antern Cook, the original Gerber baby, whose face was sketched to become the icon Gerber logo. And how old did you say she was? More than to? 90 years, 95. And she stretched that Gerber money out. Go ahead. And uh, and in many years, she she was a become before becoming a mother, teacher, and writer. Her smile was expressive, 
Curiosity captured the hearts everywhere and will continue to live on as a symbol for all babies. Aww, that's I just so love cute. how she kept her smile all the way through those years. And Aww. we extend our sympathies in here. Look, as a picture. Oh yeah, where she's holding her, the, holding her baby picture, picture of, of the Gerber baby. Aww. Oh, but there's always so be, there's always been rumors that the Gerber baby. One, some people said it was Humphrey Bogart, which seems kind of ridiculous. And then they also some of them said it was Elizabeth Taylor. Well, I can kind of see that. People are always trying to create stories. They're always trying to create stories. But, you know, Humphrey Bogart would have been way before this lady. Right. And Elizabeth Taylor would have been, yeah, close to the same age, but it would have been just a few years later. But anyway, rest in peace, Ann Taylor Cook, the Gerber baby, and hope that your picture graces uh, all the Gerber products for years to come. Okay, who's next? Ah, we're getting into some rock and soft rock and uh, hard rock and pop rock and got two rock stars for you. We're going to start with Alec John Such, the Bon Jovi bassist and founder of the iconic band and he has died at the age of 70. The group announced on Sunday the death of Such, the New Jersey band's bassist from 1983 to 1994 and no details on when or how Such died were immediately available. John Bon Jovi himself said he was an original in a tweet, and as founding member of Bon Jovi, Alec was integral to the formation of the band. And that really defined a lot of Gen Xers. Well, the Bon Jovi was, uh, and not only Gen Xers, it was, about, you know, my young adult life. Your young adult life, but when you think about it, it's always who were the teenagers. So 83 to 94 in high school really was the ex. Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. That was who was in high school. But we were the one buying the albums and listening to and going to the concerts. Oh, they were buying too. <laughs> Actually, if you remember the '80s, teenage girls in the '80s. Because remember, were the economy. Everybody, of, of, everybody, of the all all these icons that, that Gen X is claiming for their own are all boomers. Madonna, John Bon Jovi, but I George Michael. Now, for me, I was a little bit, like I said, I was at the very end of eggs, beginning of millennial, but I remember, I remember so many young girls that lusted over the band members of Bon Jovi. Like, you could, like, especially when I was in, like, middle school, they were just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially John, he was, like, the hot But John was, but the actual entire band, it was, like, these got, like, that was, like, some quintessential rock star. And John, I think John Bon Jovi just turned 60. Yeah. He's still looking good. Well, this man was 70. He was older than me. They're all the boomers. Well, yeah, they're all boomers, but they influenced the ex. Yeah, well, well, I guess the Beatles were, were yeah, they were before boomers. Yeah. And they influenced the boomers. Exactly. All right, so rest in peace, Alec John Such. All right, our last one. Now, you're not going to tell me this isn't a boomer thing. No, that is definitely a boomer thing, but that's an awesome... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim Seals, one half of the 70s soft rock group, Seals and Cross, has died at the age of 80. And Seals, together with musical partner Daryl Dash Cross, was best known for such hits as Summer Breeze, Diamond Girl, and Get Closer. Oh, I remember every one of those. We could use some Summer Breeze Summer right Breeze. Now. Like, literally, and the song. We should do the little song. Summer Breeze makes me feel fine. 
flowing like a jasmine in my mind. Oh, God. You. We're not that great. You we're know, not going to try. You know we're why not. we podcasters and not we're singers. Not, not singers. So the musical duo met in their native Texas in their teens and got together in the late 60s, according to the UK's PA Media News Agency. And they ranked among a wave of soft rock groups of the era, including Hollow Notes. Yeah, we remember them. America. Bread. You remember Bread? You heard Bread already. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I think Bread's before you tell me. In England, John, Dan and John Ford Coley. I have all of those. And Gordon Lightfoot could probably be in that kind of category, too. <laughs> and uh, oh, Jim Croce, too, even though he died after just a couple of hits. But he was, oh, no, Radley Leroy Brown was real rocking. But uh, he had some soft rock hits, like I Got a Name. And what was the other one? Um, I Got a Name is the one I'm thinking of. 70s has some of the best soft rock, though. Yeah, yeah, and they had the Carpenters. They had... Um, uh, these guys, they had, oh, you know, um, who else have we had in the 70s with the sulfur? And the Captain and Tennille. And you realize a lot of those songs, those 70s soft rock songs, are used in so many movies. Yeah. It's because they, they think it's the melody. I think Summer Breeze was used in something I saw recently. Oh, it's been used in a lot yeah. of stuff. TV shows, movies, all kind of stuff. So, yeah, so Jim Seals... Yeah, you left us a great body of work. We have all kinds of great music to listen to. You will live forever in that. Rest in peace. All righty, now, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Philip is so sublime. It's horoscope time. You know we got to record that with music and everything. Nah, acapella's fine enough. <laughs> you trying to overprocess it? I am going to fool you one day. Don't overproduce it. Don't I am not going to overproduce it. it. I think it's, I think don't it go would too be far. So, I think it would be so cool. And I, I think know. if we go video, we should have pictures of you with people carrying you on their shoulders and everything. That's a bit much. And you have a t-shirt that says, that bitch. <laughs> I got my t-shirt with you yeah. didn't carry like they do the football players. You oh, know, no, 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 no. That's, that's way too much. <laughs> okay, so for the horoscopes this week, we're sending y'all all up really high so y'all can take a really big fall. I have everybody oh, free fall oh, to their death. Oh, great. You picked my biggest fear of heights. But the point is, is what are you going to fall to? I'm oh, sure all of you are going to... You're dead before you hit the ground anyway. Some of y'all, yeah. Some of y'all for sure. You just uh, die of fright. I don't know if many of y'all are even going to survive these at all. Some of these heights are really high. Let's start with Aries. Oh, God. We're going to make y'all fall from the highest building skyscraper in the world, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Oh, that's that big needle-looking thing. Yeah. Just coming out of the... Out of the city of the, in the in the desert and all there. Oh my! And Burj Khalifa is just it's 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 that it's that that spire that crystal crystal coming out the sand so to speak. Oh that oh that's too much. Move on, move on. <laughs> yeah, that they do some impressive. I gotta admit, they do some impressive light shows like around New Year's Eve and all. I'm happy for them. Let's go. <laughs> But yeah, it's all far away. This is heights. This is not my, my, it's my a strong high place suit. To fall from. I'm already dizzy with vertigo right now. 
Just well, let's go about from it. something so band-made to something a little more natural of a fall. Oh, okay. That can happen. We're going to make sure that Tauruses fall from the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, really. We just want to fall from somewhere natural. You're dead either way. Hey, nice view on the way down. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Stop but if that. you think that view's impressive, wait for what I got for Gemini. Oh, what you got for Gemini? That, that's our odds, right? Uh-huh. They're going to fall from Angel's Landing in Zion National Park. It is the most dangerous hike. I actually saw it. I didn't go on that trail. But I've been to Zion, and I've seen people walking up there oh. on Angel's Landing, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, these people are out of their goddamn minds. <sighs> They are. I mean, one foot slip, you're gone. I, you, you know, if I pass out right here, you have to revive me. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, we talking about it's probably giving you some vertigo right now. It is making me. I, I, all I'm you seeing, dizzy? all I'm seeing is the Grand Canyon as I go down. All I'm seeing is Dubai as I go down. Now I'm going to see what is that? Nonsense? Angels Landing at Zion National Park. I'm seeing Angels Landing. One, one of those dangerous Park. hikes in the world, and then definitely in America. Yeah. Okay. But this is not getting better, is it? Well, maybe a little better. A little. Well, at least you get some waves for yours. You get to hear nice waves. Oh. Maybe a little choppy. Uh, cancer, y'all get to fall from the White Cliffs of Dover oh. straight into the English Channel. Ah, oh, water and heights. Oh, my God. No. So much no fun. Way. So I get to fall and then turn into Natalie Wood? Pretty much. <laughs> if I make it to the drowning part. If you make it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, what, what, what's, in, what's in store for Curtis? Oh, the Leos? Yes. Well, Leos, we got y'all going on a skyscraper. Actually, a dual skyscraper, so have your choice of these. The towers called the Patronus Towers in Kuala Lumpur. Probably going to probably fall right between the two of them onto that little platform. Oh, he's going to fall between two buildings. He just goes, he'll fall and then go splat. You know. That is not, that is not good. Yeah. Well, you don't even make it to the ground. You just make it to that platform. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sight, sight for everyone to see. Yes. Talking about sights to see. Let's talk about Virgo, what we got in store for them. Oh, what's going to happen to Virgo? Oh, I, I think you might actually like this. I think you might know what this is in reference to. We're going to make sure they fall from the Empire State Building. Oh, like King Kong. Just like King Kong. Oh, classic movie buffs out there. You hear? You're going to fall. Classic movie about Virgos. You're going to fall from the Empire State Building like King Kong. And Faye Ray will be safe. <laughs> Just like in the movie. Oh, but you just gave me an idea, you know. My cousin Jennifer was a Virgo. Maybe we ought to travel in New York and throw her ashes from the Empire State Building. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I imagine all those New Yorkers with Jennifer all over them. I mean... Oh, what's this? Oh, 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 help, help. I mean... I mean, if you go on a foggy pollution day, would they really know the I think most of the... um, the ashes would probably blow away before they went. Although, is New York really as dirty as it used to be on the No, air? no, no. But I want to be very up. gentrified. The air's cleaned up, isn't it? Yeah, then they're very, very gentrified. Like I said, you went back in the day, like the 80s had a good smell. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, I didn't go back in the eighties. No, I'm just saying. 2005. No, I'm saying back in the eighties they had a good small. Well, I wasn't season. there in the eighties. I never went there in the eighties. I was there in 2000, was the 70s? 2005 and 2006. I was there. But they didn't even have a good small then. No? no, it was very, very clean, very nice. But it, it almost had a Disney World kind of yeah. atmosphere about it, and it just didn't seem like the Deuce, you know. No. <laughs> I want to visit the Deuce with all the hookers see, see, and the porn if, if it was the Deuce area, you could probably throw the ashes and nobody would think twice uh, about nobody it. Nobody knows this, especially. Nobody like, wait, what else? wonder if we go to the time machine and throw her ashes. Yeah, go to the time machine and throw her ashes at her. Here. <laughs> this is so wrong. All of it is wrong. Oh, it's we are being, uh, we, uh, our horoscopes are not politically correct. They're not politically correct. They're not personally correct. They're not correct on any level. No correction. They were never been meant to be correct. No correction here. I mean, I'm getting people... I'm going to probably have people saying, Why you got us falling off a building? Oh, well, you can... Bitch, fall everybody's falling off a goddamn building. We tell you don't you. fall out the window at the end of the show. We warn you. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to go put yourself up there, you're risking something happening. Whether it's by somebody else. Actually, I don't know why I'm so freaked out by the falling. Isn't falling out of the windows and stuff's kind of part of this show? Well, that, and then in this era, all these dumb bitches go try to take selfies at the top of all this, and they have a little slip, and bam, there they go, falling on down. Splat. I mean, I get. <laughs> There's some things I could say. I'll keep that. I'll keep Splat. That. <laughs> Splat, exactly. That's all we're say. Empire State Building like King Kong? Splat. Well, another famous monument, making it a little more romantic style for Libra, they get to fall from the Eiffel Tower. Oh, how French. Yes. Didn't Lois Lane fall from the Eiffel Tower and Superman saved her in one of the yes, movies? Yes, I think, I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. Actually, I want to see, they got a movie coming out, actually, about Gustav Eiffel. About the... the yeah, I saw that, yeah. The architect who created the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I want to, I want to see that. It has my, one of my favorite lines from the first... Um, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Superman movie. Oh, goodness. Was when she fell out the helicopter and he comes up and he goes, Okay, it's Lane, I got you. And she goes, You got me. Who's got you? <laughs> yeah. I think Margot was the best Lois Lane of any Still, of them. Still, yes. Even the uh, ones that came before, you know, like Noel Neal and those, they still didn't come up to Margot as Lois Lane. She was Lois Lane. Yeah, I mean she always will be. I mean she. Yeah, those those movies, those the the Superman four kind of sucked, but the first two are awesome. The third one's okay. Richard Pryor makes it kind of funny, but um, as far as uh, as Lois Lane's go, nobody beats Margot Kidder as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, we want a little fantasy style with Scorpio. We're taking doing a game of throne style. We're making sure y'all bitches, including myself, are all pushed out the moon door of the Eerie. Mm. <laughs> y'all remember when they pushed uh. Eliza Aaron's ass and her ass went flying? That was the crazy, uh, that was the crazy bitch that had her son, like, in there, like, acting like he was a baby bird, sucking on her tit. Which movie was this? Game of Thrones show. Oh, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, I remember that now, yeah. She was sitting up there like she was nesting and had his ass sucking on her teeth. Had the, the big son. He was like nine yeah. years old. And remember her ass gets thrown to the Oh, yeah, she was um, the sister of one of the characters. Yeah. Um, oh, was she, it, oh, Stark. Stark, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember her. 
yeah, yeah, she got thrown out the moon, th- thrown through the moon door. They showed a lot of tits, asses, and dicks in that show, didn't they? It was HBO. I mean, <laughs> come on now. I mean, that's what HBO does best. Yeah. <laughs> I so never. Does, so does Showtime sometimes. You see more dick in odds than you do in the porn movie. <laughs> and you see dicks of people whose dicks you never thought you'd see, like Christopher Milani, you know, from uh, Law and Order SVU. And Luke Perry. Luke Perry showed Dick on Oz. Look at now we're talking about Dick. <laughs> we're talking about things falling. We're talking about rising. Rising. Okay, we're talking about Game things of Thrones. Things not rising, things falling. Okay. <laughs> well, some they fall too. <laughs> they do at times. Are especially they after sixty. Or they deflate. <laughs> and they have, especially after sixty. I don't know if it's like about fall. It's just like, <laughs> like they just start to pathetically deflate. Well, talking about deflation, inflation, whatever inflation's going on, good old Sagittarius. Oh, Sagittarius. Y'all are going to free fall like the stock market crash of 1929. Oh, a Republican nightmare. <laughs> Can you imagine all the them politicians that were the Republicans in 20, 1929 when the stock market crashed saying like, oh, well, there it goes. <laughs> We might win in this election. <laughs> wow. But just like all that greed, good old Capricorn, you're going to fall into the lava of Mount Doom. Just like Gollum at the end when he had the ring in his hand and he tried to take it. Oh. falls into lava and destroys the ring. And greed. Greed of power and... People of greed and all obsessed with money usually fall into that whatever it is you just said. Because not everything that glitters is gold. And sometimes the gold ain't worth it. And sometimes too much money is just that. Too much money. Yep. Because you can only get in trouble if you have too much money. Because you look for things... You run out of things you need, so you're looking for things that you want and things that you things to do. And sometimes that gets you into trouble. The craving of power and money may only mm-hmm. lead to your own demise. It can do that. Have fun, Capricorn. Have fun. On another note, talking about maybe some inflated egos here, Aquarius, <laughs> y'all going to free fall from a hot air balloon. Oh, <laughs> I hear there was a whole lot of hot air involved in that one, too. Well, hmm. Never met that one, but her. I, 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 but I heard of the hot air. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, I think I wouldn't mind popping a few hot air balloons to make sure to facilitate that. Mm. Oh, did I go there? Yes, I went there. You went there and you stayed there. Well, moving right along and also keeping in theme with tonight's story. Good old Pisces is going to take a nice plunge from the top of Yosemite Falls. Wait, let's check a little something out. Let's see the um, let's see what the birth date of our current subject is. Oh, it might be Pisces for yeah. all we know. I really wanted to get the height of the falls too. I wanted to give people that. Hold on, let me. While you're doing that, I'm going to get the. Um, nah, he's a Leo, August thirteenth, nineteen sixty one. Oh, okay. Let's see the other one. The other one was April eighteenth, nineteen sixty five. So we only have any, um, no. any there's no Pisces. Okay, so the elevation, that. y'all get ready for this. The elevation, I'm guessing, yeah, this is in feet. This should be feet. The elevation of Yosemite Falls is 5,404 feet. 
Mm. Isn't like like a whole mile on? Wait, wait, hold on. I'm gonna look that up right now. Just this is kind of pertinent to the to the um mile and feet. Let's see. A mile is five thousand two hundred and eighty <laughs> feet. So it's actually more than that. Oh, more a, than a mile up. It's a big old fall, one way or the other. I mean, that's a that's a big ass plunge. That's a plunge and a half. I mean, I barely can walk a mile, like flat distance. I can imagine how that feels just to walk that, let alone falling a mile, free falling a mile. That's that's a good way to go. Ah, uh, wow. Too much. Are, are these heights finally finished? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about our story ah. set around Yosemite Falls. Okay, now. so all right, we're going to take a short break. And you probably won't have a commercial break. We're probably going to come right back to you. But we're taking a break. Bathroom, you know, drinks, free fills, all kinds of stuff like that. Maybe even a slight snack. And we will be right back. All right, we are back. And um, what we're going to do right now is a little... uh, Last week, we did a story on Stephen Stain, or a young man that was kidnapped and returned... We'll do a little recap now and get to uh, where, where we left off. Uh, first of all, we okay, Stephen Stainer was seven years old in December of 1972 when on the way home from school he was picked up by a man named Parnell. And he kept him for eight for seven years seven. till he finally escaped after he had after Parnell had kidnapped another little boy named Timmy White. And Stephen, uh, he he went to bring the little boy home, and then they went to the police, and that's when he went. He said he didn't remember anything about his family. All he knew was that his first name was Stephen. And they wound up finding him and, and returning him home. He became somewhat of a celebrity. He wanted They, they wanted to put him on different TV talk shows. And he was... Um, he, he, he testified in court about how he was repeatedly raped and molested every night by Parnell testified in court now Stephen's life didn't turn out as hunky dory as we thought it would did he? No. He wound up drinking heavily getting into drugs and uh he was really bullied in school. And I want to talk about that. And that's what you didn't that. get to talk about last we week. We didn't talk about this last week. They had kids in school that were bullying him and calling him faggot and everything because he was molested. Can I say something to these people? All right, any of you guys, if you're listening, any of you who were kids back there doing that, I have a question for you. What the fuck is wrong with you? How could you? This is a this this is what gives you the right to bully someone who's been through that, to put them through more turmoil, to put their family through more turmoil. I know you're all grown now, probably have grandchildren and everything, and I certainly hope none of your kids or grandchildren were ever treated like that. But if they were, it's called karma. What do Man, you have I'm to say gonna, about I'm that? I'm not gonna wish that on their children or grandchildren. No, but. but but yeah, I would say those people definitely garbage people. What in the fuck is wrong with people in general? Why do they have, why do they have to pick on somebody, especially somebody who I noticed that people seem to resent people who have been through a traumatic thing. Because I remember during Katrina, I was shocked by the horrible treatment I got by some people. 
Yeah, you know what it is? It's because people people would rather put someone else down than look at the societal failure that they contributed to. They don't want to take ownership of being part of that society that caused what happened to that person. So it's it's more like and it's Sometimes, and in a weird way, it's also a fear-based thing. Uh-huh. The things that they're afraid of, of happening to them. And it could have happened to any one of them. Exactly. But it's a weird... It, it never makes sense to me when somebody puts down a real victim. That's like, it never makes sense. I'm going to tell you, after Hurricane Katrina, I was shocked by how unsympathetic some people were. And some of them, it was political. They were listening to political pundits saying that the people who live in New Orleans deserved what they got because they know they live in below sea level. What about people who've been born and raised here? You don't know it's below sea level when you're born and when you're born, and when you're going to school and everything, and when you're a kid. And then they go, "Well, why didn't they hit ample time? Why didn't they evacuate?" Well, how many of you out there who said that have money to pick up and leave and go stay somewhere? In a, out of nowhere. Most of you guys are probably living paycheck to paycheck like everybody else around here. When do you have money to go and get a hotel room somewhere? Tell me that. Yeah, and in, in a weird way by them bullying him and calling him this stuff, it's kind of like they're doing there. It's like they're blaming him like, oh, why, why didn't you just go straight home? Why didn't you believe? Why are we victim blaming? He was seven years old, a baby. A he didn't seven know. Seven year old, yeah. I mean, why? Why were? They, oh the, my God, these people. This are. this 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 garbage ban told him that the the family gave him to him. The family he knew they had five kids. They were poor. They were struggling. You know, they didn't. Uh, you know, they probably. That's a lot of kids. Let's face it. So the kid probably that's figured. That's a lot of kids at any time, right? Well, they got so many kids. Why are they? You know. Why would they do this? It's too much. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it baffles me. I'm sorry. I get you. I don't understand these bully people, though, for real. You know, it's just, what, what is the fuck is wrong with them? Bullies are have their own fears, and they want to, they've got to be angry at their own fears and perpetuate it out externally on someone who doesn't deserve it because they can't process it something within themselves. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just... It's... it's. I, I, I just... I, I think a lot of it is parents teaching their kids this shit. Oh, a lot of it is parents teaching their kids. Well, it's, 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 it's... And that's generational... In a way, that's a weird generational trauma or generational uh, learn, teaching of fear. Yeah. So now that my rant is over, let's continue on with yeah. our story. Okay, I just, I had to get that out. That just, that was sticking in my craw all weekend. If I listened to the episode, I kept on saying, why did not, and, and I rewatched the third episode, and they, they touched on that in the third part of Captive yeah. Audience. Oh, and the, re- yeah, you didn't have much else on the recap. Basically, the mini, the miniseries came about. And the miniseries came about, and Stephen became, uh, you know, he came, became a consultant, which he made a little bit money for his family. He, uh, he got um, his girlfriend, Jody, pregnant. And married her. He yeah. did the right thing. And then they had another child. 
And he was working, I think, as a security guard or something. He was coming home from work on his motorcycle. It wasn't and he long was after the killed. Day Actually, it was two days before the Emmys. Where, um, yeah. And he was supposed to be at the Emmys. Yeah. And, and he, he got killed two days before that. Um, the kids grew up really just knowing bits and pieces about their father. And uh, it, it's just... And Parnell, like we said... Yeah, we, we don't know what happened to Parnell. That, that fucker continued to do crazy shit. Well, he tried to get his the sister of his nurse, his caretaker, to buy for him purity, a child yes. for $500. Like it was a commodity. Like, what the hell? And she turned him in. Thank and you. They, yeah, and they used a lot of... Um, well, Timothy White was alive at the time, so he was able to testify against him. Stephen was already dead, but they used testimony from his previous trial. It was that was allowed. They, even some of the tapes from his previous child, trial. So yeah, so so Parnell and he wound up dying in a mental facility, was it? Of yeah. natural causes, yeah. Yeah. But tonight, the story. What do you have for us tonight? Well, tonight, okay. So so anyway. The Parnell family, the Parnell family. <laughs> Par- oh, no. Wrong family. No, not, we not the Parnell. Know about that, okay? The Stainer family, you know, went on grieving. You know, really, not not really a happy ending for these people. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to 1997 when um, Stephen's older brother Carrie Stainer was hired as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Porto, California, just outside of Highway 40, entrance to Yosemite National Park. Yosemite National Park figures a lot in these families' life because they lived right by there. Okay, so, um... He, um... 42-year-old Carol Sund and her 15-year-old daughter, Julie, and Julie's friend, the 16-year-old Argentine exchange student called Silvina... Peloso were missing. And uh, they had trouble finding them. And eventually the bodies of Carol and Sylvina were found in the trunk of, of, of charred remains of the uh, rental car. The car had, uh, that Carol had rented. And the bodies were burned beyond recognition. And they, were, they identified them using uh, dental records. So then a note was sent to the police with a map saying where Julie's body was. And the top of the note uh, read, we had fun with this one. So the investigators went to the the location that was on the map and they found the remains of Julie and her throat had been cut. Now you gotta understand this area they're talking about. Like people think, oh California, California, but we're talking about this part of California? This is remote. Mm-hmm. This is getting like this is the national parks part. Uh, this is the federal lands part, uh, kind of dealing of. I mean, I'm not sure if that exactly was on the federal land, but a good likelihood it probably was. Um, but we're talking about just loads of forests, loads of um, just natural wilderness. Yeah, out here, you know, and and so yeah, I mean, I know we you say oh it's just right at Yosemite, but you gotta kind of paint the picture for a moment. This, oh no! It's it's. This is not your like. This is not the middle of Los Angeles. No, this is out in the woods. No, this out is out in the mountains. Th- this is yeah. This is way out. This is very remote. It got California bears out there. Now, uh, <laughs> now Julie 
um, Ju Carol, Julie, and uh, Sylvina were staying at the Cedar Lodge Motel. So, of course, yeah. the first thing the police did is interviewed all of the employees, including Carrie Stainer, Stephen Stainer's older brother. Right. And none of them were considered suspects. So then, uh, uh, so in, um, sometime later, they found the decapitated body of, of Joey Ruth Armstrong. She was a naturalist, and she lived in a little, a little near Yosemite Park in a little... Well, you know, in the wilderness. Exactly. And She's a naturalist. That's what we're talking about. She was like, you know, like, so the picture of her, you know, pretty girl with blonde blonde braids and very suntanned, you know, the type that was into the great outdoors and probably loved animals, loved nature and everything like Doing that. research out there. Yeah. And they found the decapita her decapitated body. And then some eyewitnesses said they saw a 19... 72 International Scout parked outside of the cabin where she was staying. And they wow. traced the vehicle. Guess who they traced the vehicle to? Hmm. Carrie Stainer. Yep. And he became the prime suspect in the case. So FBI agents John Bowles and Jeff Reinick uh, found Stainer staying at Laguna Soul Nudist Resort in Winton. He was re arrested and taken to Sacramento for questionings. And during his in interrogation, he shocked the, the, the agents and confessed to not only Armstrong's murder, but the murder of Julie, Carol, and Sylvana. And he claimed that he had fantasized about murder, murdering women since he was seven years old, long before the abduction of his brother. So, uh... He was tried in federal court for Armstrong's murder, and it, it occurred in, on, on federal land. And he wanted to avoid the death sentence, so he ple he pled guilty. You see, it was on the federal land. Yeah, yeah, it was on federal land. Um, but he stunned um, the the courtroom when he suddenly broke down during the sentence here, and he got life without uh, chance of parole. And the uh, the court, uh, he said. Um, I wish I could tell you why I did such a thing, but I don't even know myself. I'm sorry. I wish there was a reason, but there isn't. It was senseless. So Armstrong's mother started crying while she was listening to him saying this, and she wow. said that she believed the apology was genuine. So he was sentenced to life in prison, but he pleaded not guilty by reason of sanity to the, to the three women, the mother, daughter, and the friend. And his lawyers claimed that the Stamer family had a history of sexual abuse and mental illness. And, uh, and he, he had obsessive, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And his request to be provided with child pornography in return for his confession. So, that, wait, why? Yeah. He wanted child pornography. He, he would confess if they gave him child pornography. To live in hell? <laughs> no. Um, and a, a, a psychiatrist, Dr. Jose Arturo Silva, testified that he had, uh, that, that Carrie had obsessive compulsive disorder, mild autism, and paraphilia. What in the, let's see what paraphilia is. Let's click on this. It's experience of intense sexual arousal to a typical object, situation, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. 
Okay. Oh. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Huh. Huh. Well, it didn't work. Well, no, I don't think it worked. He wound up being sentenced to death. Yeah, he was trying, but it, it sounded like he was trying to grasp at something. He was trying to create this psychological framework that wasn't really there for him. And he's still in death row as of now, as of June 2022. I think he has psychosis of some sort. But, but there hasn't been an execution in California since 2006 over rules and flaws of the administration yeah. of the Capitol Republic of the state. Um, mm. Okay, uh... This is really, really bizarre. Okay, we have to feel. Okay, let's let, let's 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 do, let's go back on this. So this one son's kidnapped. Yeah, he comes back seven years later, saving a little boy. Is proclaimed the hero. Many series is made about him, and all these other kind of things. And do you watch the? Um, let's talk a little bit about the the, the mini series. You watch the third part, which pretty much deals with, mostly with Carrie. Yeah. Did you see some of the little signs in there, even some of the, the news footage? You remember the one where he's standing there, and it look, and he looks, just looks like he's furious while Steven's talking to the reporters? He's definitely... And then he just the walks away? The jealousy. Yeah. The jealousy and there was a lot of jealousy. And when the, the, when the, when the uh, police got him, he, go, he, he wanted a, his own miniseries, his own TV movie. Well, yeah, and in the back of his mind, I guess it was easier... To commit the crimes and become nefarious, famous by being, you know, evil than being famous by doing something heroic, which is a lot harder to do. And but he, uh, a lot. You think so? There was there was a lot of jealousy against his brother. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, there was. And it was because his brother was a hero. But the hard part is, how can you? Yeah, I'm not saying people can't stage being a hero, but it's a little harder to stage being a hero. However, there is there is some things about that. There was actually some recent episode in nine one one dealing with that. You know, somebody who poses to be a hero but actually does something nefarious to make it look like they're saving people's lives. But uh, I think, yeah, I think the jealousy lended to him setting up, but he figured, hey, I can't be the hero like my brother, so let me become this villain and get just the same amount of and it's a Which th- is bizarre. The mother would not talk about him at all. She barely mentioned his name. Yeah. I don't know if it's because... Well, she didn't, see, she, she didn't form any opinion. I don't know if she thinks he's innocent or if she's just ashamed of it. Um, she made something, I remember her saying something in the documentary along the lines of how she handled when he first came back, when um, Stephen came back. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking there may be a little guilt on her part that she didn't pay attention to Carrie. Well, no. And she didn't see those signs of what was going on. Yeah, because he did say he had been wanting to, to murder I, women. And I'd have to say as... If somebody's a mom and they realize that they weren't paying attention to the other son, the son becomes, let's put it some plain and simple, a monster. Well, yeah. Because you didn't intercede where you maybe could have. And I kind of kind of look at it. Maybe she could have. And I saw the footage of him showing the police where the bodies were. And he, 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 he did it with no emotion at all. Because we're talking about... You're talking about early 80s. 
almost a decade and a half later, 97. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she could have done something. Like, she could have interceded. She could... I mean, if he was, like, complete... I'm not saying he's not evil. He is evil. But I think there's a little bit more... What do you you say? Sociopaths are made, psychopaths are are born that way? I don't think Carrie was fully born that way. I think he became... I think it was circumstances that pushed him over the edge. You know? And... But I don't know. I'm not saying that that's not evil. He is evil. He had no emotion... When he talked about when he was showing where the bodies were, but then he had that big meltdown in the courtroom. But he bi- killed, it's almost like this guilt just. I mean, as far as we know, he killed nobody for about that decade and a half, though. That we early, know of. But we know of from the early eighties to nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, why would he wait so long? And my other thing is, here's the thing: if he was about getting fame, we would have known about more killings. So, in my mindset, I'm not saying I know one hundred percent. I would say, looking at this psychologically, he didn't kill anyone within that time frame, up until that first killing. Yeah. And the thing about that that lends to say, there were signs. We saw it on the footage. You saw it on the footage. I saw it on the footage. I'm sure millions of viewers who have watched watched the um, the docu series noticed it. So I'm sitting here, that decade or more. You can't tell me somebody didn't notice. But that goes back to the thing, people choosing not to step in. Yeah. People putting a blind eye. He was probably simmering. Thoughts were simmering. Ideas were simmering. He probably um, had ideas to do anything. Now, I'm trying to remember, did there were there any ever showing any kind of abuse towards animals or anything before that? Was there anything mentioned of that? Um, found in the case? I, wait, I haven't... I think they're not saying anything in this Wikipedia page. Is uh, and I don't remember much in the docu series that I remember. I'm trying to think. Well, see, and that's I don't think the, they mentioned anything about him killing animals or not. Okay, which really lends me more to this idea of a sociopath being made because I think he had more ideas just marinating for a long time, like he was just seething about like. And you think I've got to get my name out there? I've got to be famous. Think, I've got to do something. So you think a lot? Some of it had to do with jealousy. Yeah, and then think about it. You throw another level on there. Oh, it gets worse. Brother dies, right? Yeah. Five hundred and something people come to this funeral, and this was years before. Still, this was ten years before the murders. Uh huh. He died. Stephen died in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So these murders happened in nineteen ninety nine. So right at about the middle of. The zone of from when Stephen comes back to when the first murder that carry things, the brother Stephen dies. Yeah. Think about what that did. He comes back ten nine years later he dies, and then ten years later the You know where I'm happened. going with this. Yeah. The fact is his brother died where he's like, Oh, poor Stephen and his legacy and 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 there's all of this thing where Stephen is always going to be remembered as this hero and there's all this focus once again on Steven Carrie's feeling pushed to the background even more yeah so and Carrie knows he can't in his mind I'm not saying this any of this is right okay I'm not uh, but in Carrie's mind he's sitting here how can I compete with this my bro he's thinking in his mind this is how sick he is 
probably at this point, he's thinking, my, he's, who cares if he hears us, you know? I mean, no, he's not going to hear us. I, doubt I don't, it. I think our listeners don't really care what he thinks because he's killed me, you know? Yeah. But my pro, my thing is, his mindset was thinking, and then, like I said, this doesn't make it any better. This actually makes it a lot worse when you think about it. I was thinking, oh, I'm never going to compete with this. So the only way I have to compete with this to become famous is to go the opposite route. Now, this is a thing that happened uh, 10 years after Stephen's death. The city of Merson was asking its residents to propose name for some city park, honoring some of their more notable citizens. And um, Stainer's parents proposed that one park be named Stainer Park. But this idea was rejected, and the honor was given to another Mercer residence because of Cary. And Mercer City feared that Stainer Park would be associated with Carrie rather than Stephen. So because of his, they, they, they couldn't name a park after Stephen Stainer because of his, his deeds. So in essence, he kind of ruined his brother in that way, which is sort of what he wanted to do, it seemed to me. Maybe. At least he leveled it back down was what he was thought he was mm-hmm. trying to do. Which I don't really think fully worked. But, um, but my other thing here is the and he, first set of murders was three, well, well two, two younger ladies. Two, two girl teenagers and a mother. Okay, I'm trying to figure this out, though, how this... See, now, I'll admit, Carrie was kind of attractive man so it makes me wonder was this more of a thing where he gained trust first and then he killed I guess we will never really know well I don't know for sure but it's, I mean, he wasn't it, a bad looking man it was weird honest. it was weird how you they, can look at him he's not a bad looking man yeah let's see yeah yeah look at him I yeah. mean he's I mean I mean yeah I mean, he, I mean that doesn't mean he's not psychotic that's he looks crazy in this I mean we all know Ted Bundy was attractive you know what I'm saying yeah. so I'm, yeah yeah I'm yeah that, you know but it makes me wonder I'm like sitting here I'm like I don't think I don't think these women were really that naive but I think what it was was he knew the area they may have asked him for help, and he might have... They, they might have asked him for help. Because he worked at the he motel. Knew, he knew the area. He worked at the motel. He probably was a charmer. Mm. Then tell me, you were, you were on vacation somewhere. You're yeah. staying in a motel. One of the employees of the motel, you're asking them for advice, and they offer to show you something. And this guy... You're going to go. They're not going to think anything about that. And if he's like a smart good-looking guy, like, he knows the area kind of deal, you're going to believe him. Yeah, and at the time, he was, like, in his late 30s, and probably at the peak of his attractiveness, you know? Gosh, because, like, but, yeah, it's just, like, I I tell, I mean, it's just, like, we think nowadays, like, I think now, hopefully, and I don't know if it's because of all these shows that are out there, all this stuff, hopefully, I don't don't care whether it's women or even even men need to realize because there's sometimes men that, we know as gay men there's men that try to pick up men and do things you know what I'm saying uh, the the whole thing is John Wayne Gacy exactly uh, the whole thing Jeffrey is, Dahmer the whole thing is though we we got to separate this idea because some and this is why I'm bringing it up just because somebody's attractive and they know things and they know the area doesn't mean you should be that trusting. You should still have some safeguards. You know, there was a, um, during the AIDS era, there was a cartoon in one of the gay papers, and it, it depicted these two men having sex. 
and you know what the top and the bottom is. We don't have to go into any uh, detail on that. But the top is thinking, having a little bubble, thinking, well, he didn't ask for a rubber, so he must be positive too. And the bottom is thinking, he's too cute to have AIDS. Mm. And you know how typical that was? Well, and then that also puts the idea of somebody is too cute to be a murderer. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't be a murderer. No, no, nobody. That, he's too cute. He's too sweet. People, he's too. He's too nice. This is the uh, sad part. Is, is is we see this time and time again to all these true crime cases. A lot of times we see this pattern, and, th- and this also can happen. This is also we're noticing with some, mm. a lot of even sometimes we're noticing with this the opposite, even with women who kill men. Yeah, is the idea of oh well she's so attractive she couldn't she couldn't murder people. Attractiveness and beauty do not equate. Well, if you ever watch an episode, you ever watch an episode of uh, of uh, Criminal Minds when there is a killer, a female serial killer. She's always this hot woman, and she's usually played by somebody like um, what's the girl's name? Um, What she was on that show, uh, Devious Maids. She played the the wife of that rich guy. The blonde. Oh, yeah. yeah. She okay. kind of looks yeah, like the girl who played Reba's daughter yeah. on the sitcom. But yeah. she played a serial yeah, killer. Yeah, no, she played a serial killer who was who was posing as an escort and would come to the hotel with men and she'd kill him. <laughs> but, but it's this weird idea that we think attractive people can't do wrong. And then later on, we're like... The actress is Brianna Brown. I remember her now. Well, what is the term yeah. for what, I, what I'm talking about? You should, You've probably seen it in the true crime. What's this term where we equate this beauty and attractiveness as not being able to do harm? When it's like I, it's like it, idealism in a way. It's weird. It's so weird. Would it's anybody like, think that Sofia Vergara was going to kill him? <laughs> you know? Would anybody think that Zac Efron was going to kill him? I'm picking somebody who played Ted Bundy. I don't know. I'm a Scorpio, so I've got a certain level of suspicion <laughs> where I'm sitting here. I'm like, y'all should know this by me writing these horoscopes and shit. I see somebody attractive coming up to me doing, saying something. I'm like thinking in the back of my mind, what the hell are you doing? I'm, well, not, yeah. I'm not like I'm trying to put myself down, but I start to like wonder, I, I, what is this person's game? I think I told you this story. I was in a bar one time, and there were these two like really nice looking guys, and they kept on hitting on me. And they kept on saying they want me to go back to the room with them for some kind of three-way thing. And good Lord, bells and whistles are going off all over the place. I said, wait a minute. Okay, I'm not exactly a dog, but why are these two? do these two models want to take me back to their room? What is this all about? They either wanted to rob me or they were gay bashers or they were murderers. We don't know. Something. But they and they were insistent. They got so aggressive. I had to tell the bar owner, the the manager of the bar, to tell them to leave me alone. They were like aggressive, like really, you know. I'm like, what is it? And that was that was scary. It was scary. So so yeah, I have a feeling Carrie definitely knew that he wanted. He knew he was attractive. I think he used it to his advantage. He used his knowledge of the area as an advantage. And he used that to against these women. He used it. Yeah. Well, he obviously wasn't real smart because no, he worked. No, he wasn't he smart worked as a handyman in a um, 
He wasn't good about covering up the crime. No, not at all. He worked as a handyman in a motel, so it wasn't like he was real educated and able to, you know. He shows how they know about dental records. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he wasn't like he was, you know, particularly, uh, you know, he he wouldn't have been real sophisticated or anything. So it had to be on his looks. They trusted him because he worked at the motel. His looks and his knowledge of the area. And he worked at the hotel. He worked in, there. In, in the access. He was a, he was, so, yeah, access, knowledge of the area, being they, local, and being looking... The women probably asked him for help. They yeah. asked him where to go, what's a good place to get a good yeah. view. Oh, let me knew. show you. And he knew. Let me show you. Follow my car. You know? But how did he overpower three women? He must have had a gun. He had to have gotten someone isolated at a time. I, I, mean, it would, I mean, who we will never know for sure unless you were there... In my mindset, the main thing is to isolate, get the mother out the way first. Would have probably made the most sense. I know this sounds really sick. Why am I thinking this? But I watch a lot of people. We watch enough true crime to know. Most yeah, likely, and we do. But like, well, you know, we do. We do this. So, you know. so most likely, I don't know. I, I'm just going to stereo. Probably, yeah. It, it does mind boggle me. You're right. It is mind boggling. He he must see. I think he might have had a gun. What you think? Yeah. And I mean, that's the only way to get. I mean, you had to get somebody killed, get the other two killed. Yeah, and um, he had to. Uh, the, he probably got, got the mother and the friend to get in the trunk, and he might have burned them alive. Yeah. And see, I think that that whole case had to been extremely difficult. That whole idea of him trying to kill all of them must have been really messy, very difficult. He left way too many holes. Yeah, he did. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't very smart. He wasn't very smart. No. That the next time he went to kill, he would look for an individual person. Yeah. Of course, even then, he made more mistakes. He just Yeah, like parking outside her cabin. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you know, you can understand why these women trusted him. He worked at the motel where they were staying. You've stayed in hotels and motels before. And thankfully, he was dumb. Wouldn't you, like, wouldn't you trust the concierge? People more people would be dead. Uh, he was a handyman. The guy comes into your room to fix the air conditioner. You're not thinking he's a serial killer, but he could be. You never know. So anybody out there, you guys be careful when, when you know, just because they work in the motel don't mean they're not a killer. Exactly. <laughs> and, um... Do you have any final thoughts to add to this? What do you think about this whole thing? It's just... I mean... Fame will make people do crazy things. But do you think he really wanted fame? You think maybe he just didn't... um... It wasn't fame in the sense of, oh my god, he had to be famous. I think he just wanted to be noticed. Yeah. And in a way, I think that's the simplest part of fame. It's not always fame to the masses. Yeah. Sometimes it's just fame to the people that to your loved ones. Sometimes being that's, noticed. Yeah, and you know, like and they all everybody was just giving his brother all this attention. I even, like I said, I mentioned earlier in the episode, there's that scene they show on um, in the in the documentary where he's sitting there watching his brother being, you know, just just loved by the reporters and he's just standing there and he just looks really annoyed and he just walks away yeah i think i think it's just i think there is some there's probably a level the family could have done a better we just go back to it. they could have done a better job to recognize what was going on with yeah them. maybe paid a then little they have five kids 
You know, they have five kids. But you know what? I'm not going to take that as an excuse. You decide to have a large family. You need to make sure you're paying uh, you're paying some attention. I mean, it's hard to pay equal attention, but you need to try. I and know. At least I know. On, on a medical mental health stance, you need to check in with all your kids. And I think at the time, I think if you look back at like the late 70s, early 80s, people weren't doing that. They were picking their favorite children. Who was oh, their- they still do. Everybody... They- that's just natural. They are, well, they are going to have a, as much. It's natural, but think about what you do when you're, when you're a parent. As think much about. as a parent tries to say, I don't have a favorite. If you have one kid that's, that neglects you and doesn't come see you and doesn't come call you, then you got another one that's taking really good care of you and helping you out. And, to, and How could that not be your favorite? Yeah. I still think he would have had some psychosis no matter what. He I wasn't. Just, he was unstable from the beginning. I, I think. think yeah. yeah, there would have been something anyhow. But I think the type in which and the way in which he did the killings was based off of of the result of this lack of attention. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we don't know everything. You know, just you never can tell. But it, it's 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 a tragic. It's just a terrible thing that yep. so much can happen to one family. So my heart still goes out to his mother, even if she, even if you think she could have known this uh, things in that. Yeah, one I mean time. that's still so tough. For this her. woman went through, and and I, she is know, living with the little bit of little and bit she of and the, she's still yeah. alive. Yeah, and she's still dealing with it. The father died some time ago. And Stephen's children have to live. Oh, Stephen's children! I felt so bad for those. God, those. That was rough. I was I, actually I found the daughter on Facebook. And I was almost considering asking her if she wanted to be interviewed. And then I yeah. thought, you know what I thought? Her, yeah, I said, you know what? She this this girl, she did the docu-series. She, you know, she's heard, she, she's been living with this her entire life. Well, maybe it's a good idea for me to just leave her alone. I think she said her piece. You know, she's, uh, you know, I mean, why would she want to keep on rehashing this? You know, it's just... I have a friend whose mother was murdered. Actually, that's my my ex sister in law. My ex mother in law was murdered by her boyfriend. She was fifty eight, and she had a younger boyfriend that was like in his forties. And I considered ask, interviewing her and asking if we could cover her mother's murder, but I don't know. And I'm way too close to this. I actually knew this woman. I had used to have dinner at her house. You know, well, I, I was her son's husband. I was, you know, she was, she was my mother-in-law, and all, you know, she was. My- now you, now I will say, you said you were feeling for the mom. I don't know what the father's name was, Dell, right? I don't know about him. Uh, the, well, him, he's a little more complicated. I think he yeah. really did contribute to a lot of this, these issues. And he was typical, straight macho guy of that era, that generation, his generation. They were the generation, men are men, you know. But, and then the way he didn't want to, um, it was like when Stephen came back, how he still treated him like he was a five-year-old. You know, that's that's not, I don't know. I, he wasn't, I feel, you no, know, but I still feel he, he, went, he did go through a lot of pain. So I feel for that. Yeah, but but definitely the father and even the mom. If you remember her interviewing, she said she knew, she knew that her husband at the time he had contributed to stuff. Yeah, and well, you know what? And she was she she refused to even speak about about Carrie, 
at all. Uh, and like I said earlier, I don't know if it's because maybe she thinks he's innocent. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Or maybe she just, you know, it's... She's been through so much, it's why, it was almost like this is just one more weight she didn't need. But she had no problem talking about Steven and the kidnapping and all that other kind of stuff. So maybe she don't want to talk about the villainous, the villains in her family. She much rather would focus on the heroes, which is pretty natural, pretty normal, actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I I wonder sometimes if my mom would have had a son or a daughter that was, you know. So overall, I mean, maybe maybe if the family is out there, they may not like some of the things we've said. Yeah. But I'm hoping for them as a family, those that are are especially. Stephen's kids, but even Stephen's mother, I hope they all find the healing. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I really and truly thought seriously about asking the daughter for an interview, but I decided I against it. But know. if you're out there and you're hearing this, and you do decide you want to talk about it, we still here for you. Even if you want to talk about it off the air, you don't want to talk about it on the air. We here for you. Alrighty, okay, so this was quite a ride. It was the first time we've ever done the two-parter, wasn't it? Yeah, and so, yeah, next week we're doing a movie review. Yes, we... We gotta, we kinda gotta, gotta... We gotta it. do something kinda fun next week, we so, to, you know... Oh, yeah, we're taking you into this the is realm, a pa- it, realm it, of folk It's a palate, like a palate cleanser. And rituals and appeasing the gods. We're gonna be reviewing Midsommar. Midsummer, yeah. Just in time for the summer. And solstice. no gnarly kidnappers with serial killer brothers and. Oh, but gnarly. there's gnarly. There's gnarly. Oh, there's gnarly in this movie. In Midsummer, there's definitely gnarly. There's also a hot man friendly naked, but. <laughs> yeah. And if y'all looking to watch Midsummer before the review, you can find it wherever you uh, can get. It's on any app that includes Showtime. So I think. Hulu has that. Prime has that. Yeah, I, but my Showtime's TV, on Prime. A bunch of a bunch of uh, different platforms you can get Showtime through, um, as well as if you have Showtime itself on cable, uh, you should be able to get uh, the ability to, to watch it. All right. So anyway, social media. You can follow us on Twitter at a shutters. Our Instagram is at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook, the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And uh, email is openshutters at yahoo.com and movieshutters at aol.com. So until next week when we review Midsummer, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. You know what? Kerry Stainer can fall out the window. He fucked up his family and everything and killed those four women. Fall out the window, bitch. Or they can push him off Yosemite Falls. Push him off of Yosemite. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a, it wasn't that sign though that went on Yosemite. I don't know, but we can, we can, we can do an honorary. <laughs> oh, okay. Good night, everyone. Till next week.